0: Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylin Michael. Today we're going to pump you up full of the word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Faith Friday. If you missed the last episode, make sure to go watch it. It's huge. I discuss what it looks like and what it takes to be used by God. And one of the key things that I was pointing out was that God can use anybody, but God doesn't use everybody. So if you want to know how to be used by God to do what I do, then go watch the last video. Today is a sequel to that video. Today, I'm going to be talking about what it looks like to be used God. I want to start in the Word, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Start in verse 19. Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, The Lord knows those who are His. I want you to put that in the comments and say it out loud. The Lord knows me because I am His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I hit on that a lot in the last episode. We must depart from iniquity to be used by God. Verse 20, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. I want you to write that in the comments and say it out loud. If I cleanse myself from what's dishonorable, I will be used for honorary use. He will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house. ready for every good work. Put that in the comments and say that out loud. I am set aside for the master of the house and I am ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies You know that they breed corals, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So, we see very distinctly Paul is telling Timothy there are different types of vessels in the kingdom of God. I want you to write this down, highlight it, scribble in your Bible, make note of this. There are honorable-used vessels and dishonorable-used vessels. So there are vessels that God will use to do great works in this life. And then there are vessels that God will use not for such great works, or what we might call great works. And the difference, as Paul disclaims here, is righteousness, is holiness. He says, those that are willing to set themselves apart, say that right now, say, I am set apart. Those that are willing to set themselves apart will be used honorably. But those who are not, those who proclaim Jesus, and they decide to stay involved in the world. They might still go to church on Sunday, they might still read their devotional in the morning, they might still pray before bed, but they're not living the way that they know they should be living. They will still be used by God, but they will be used as those made of wood or clay. They will still have use, but it will be dishonorable use. It will not be like when we get to the gates of heaven one day where Jesus comes up and says, wow, you got all of these rewards. No. Those will be the people that will miss out on those days because they've chosen to indulge in this life instead of build their treasures in heaven and to set apart the ways of the world, the foolish things of the world to serve God here in this life. So point number one, be a vessel for honorable use. Go to John chapter 14 because I want to hit on what it looks like to be used by God. When you make yourself a vessel for honorable use, the next key aspect of it is you must have a relationship. Write this down. Say it out loud. Underline it. You must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So catch that. Jesus said, if you love me, You will keep my commandments. When you keep my commandments, then I will ask God to send you the helper. See, some people think just because God said and did in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost that he poured his spirit out on all flesh, they think, oh, the Holy Spirit's just hovering around me, waiting for me to just grab a hold of him. That's not quite how it works. Jesus said right here. He's got other people that are that are being used honorably. So he's focused on them. And when you decide to be one of them, because you will be, when you decide to be one of them, then when you've kept his commandments and you've shown Jesus that you love him with your whole heart, he will send you the helper. And it says he will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. So there's a difference there. The Holy Spirit dwells among us until we've kept the commandments of Jesus. We've given our lives fully to Jesus. And then we've asked for the gift, the helper of the Holy Spirit. After that, Jesus said he'll come to live In you. And when he comes to live in you, he empowers you to not walk in wicked ways anymore. He gives you the grace, the strength, the power to walk a holy life set apart for honorable use. Next, I want you to, uh, well, here, let's stay in John 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. So when you receive the fellowship, the gift of the Holy Spirit, then he will teach you the things of the word. I want you to say that out loud. Today I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit will come into your heart. He will come into your life. He will be your best friend. You will get to know Him, and He already knows you. And He will give you the grace and the power to walk as a vessel that God's power can flow through. Because as Paul said in Corinthians, he said, I didn't come with wise words. I came with power and demonstration. When Paul brought the gospel, he preached and demonstrated The same way Jesus' ministry looked. He would teach it, he would preach it, and then he would demonstrate it. Because when you demonstrate the gospel, people cannot deny it. That is the power of Jesus Christ and his spirit. So what does it look like? In John 15, we see in verse 26, But when the Helper comes, so when you've received the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. So when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, he makes Jesus more real to you than anybody that you see with your natural eye. Suddenly you have a relationship, a communion, a fellowship, a koinia is the word in the Greek. This deep, profound relationship with Jesus that surpasses every earthly relationship. When that happens and you get to know him, you start to act, walk, talk, look, demonstrate, As he did John 16 one chapter over verse 7 nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you so I want you to write this down it is my advantage to have the Holy Spirit as great as it would be to have Jesus boom right here there's only one of him if he comes back into this physical realm He must stay at the right hand of the Father and give us His Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can be omnipresent. It is to our advantage that the Holy Spirit has come. Jesus said, But if I go, I will send Him to you, which He has, and when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, because they did not believe in Jesus. Righteousness, because he has gone to be with the Father and you will see him no longer. And judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Hallelujah. You must have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. See, the thing is, is when you're able to align your spirit or the Holy Spirit in you, because you become one spirit with the Holy Spirit, when you're able to align your spirit with God's spirit, and then align your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, with your spirit out of your flesh will exceed the power of God. Jesus will start to live through you some people have this misconception that I have to step aside and let the Holy Spirit do His thing. No, no, no. What He wants is for you to align yourself, to renew your mind by the watering or the washing of the Word. It says, do not, trans- or, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12.2. That is saying that when you align your mind with what God's Spirit has to say, which is His Word then you are a wide open funnel, bing, that the power of God can flow through. That way you don't have to move aside because what was God's intention all along? He never wanted to dwell in vessels made by human hands. He wanted to live in his children. So when God lives in you, what did Paul say? No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When Jesus lives in you and you renew your mind by this word, suddenly it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives through you. And that is when you'll start to see the miraculous, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healings, all of these things that the Bible talks about. See, where a lot of Christians end up falling off in college or in high school is that they grow up hearing All of these miraculous stories of Jesus, the miracle worker, Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the deliverer, Jesus, the savior. But as they grow up in church, they never see anyone get saved. They never see anyone get delivered. They never see anyone get healed and they never see a miracle. You think growing up, it's a fairy tale. You think it's too good to be true because there are some Christians out there who have refused to walk in the power, but that won't be you. That will not be you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God lives in you. You will flow in the power of the miraculous. Christ will live through you today if you can grasp this concept. If you agree, put amen in the comments for me. Go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to proceed to see what it looks like when the Spirit of Jesus Christ comes to dwell inside of you. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 5. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There were two separate baptisms. I don't care what anyone teaches you in Sunday school when you're gluing pretzels to your cardboard. I don't care what you heard growing up. This is a fact. There are two separate baptisms. Baptism of water for repentance. As Jesus spoke, Right here, you cannot refute the Word of God. Number two, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some Christians have this misconception that when I go down in water, as I'm being dunked in the water, all of a sudden I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not how that works. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the the spirit of adoption that comes to live in you. You get the spirit of adoption, salvation, when you give your life to Jesus. And when you're baptized in water, it seals your salvation. But this baptism of the Holy Ghost is the same way that you would be baptized in water, but in the Spirit. So in the baptism of water, when you get dunked in water, does the water go in you? No. You get submerged in the water. The same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, in John 14, Jesus said, You know the Holy Ghost because he's been among you, but soon he will be in you. In John chapter 20, when Jesus rose from the dead, he showed himself to the disciples and he rebuked them because they didn't believe Mary when she said he has risen from the dead. And after he had convinced them and their faith was built, he breathed on them and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost." And when he breathed into them, they received the spirit of adoption because they couldn't receive that until he had died and rose again. So when he rose from the dead, they could receive salvation. The price was paid. The ransom was taken care of. Boom. He breathed the Holy Spirit into them. They had been forgiven. Once they received the Holy Spirit in them, they were a new creation. But this aspect of power is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to be submerged in the power of God. Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you will receive power. The word in the Greek is dunamis, Dunamis power, dynamite power, not sit in your pew like this power, not read from your hymnal power, not pray before you go to sleep power, not cry because God's not showing up in your life power. This is talking about dynamite power, the same power that Jesus rose people from the dead with, cast out devils with, laid his hands on the sick with, dynamite power to shake the world. That is the power that you receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to write that down. When the Holy Ghost comes upon me, I will receive power to be a witness. You cannot be a witness of Jesus Christ without the power. You will not make it. The devil will chew you up and spit you out faster than you can say it. He will take a whooping to you if you don't have the power. You need the power. What does it look like when the power comes upon you? Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost, starting in verse 1, arrived, they were all together in one place, say one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled, say all filled, not some filled, not most filled, not a few filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. An evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the evidence of the holy language. The heavenly language, the speaking in tongues of angels. That is an evidence. And another evidence is prophesying. So what happened when that power came upon them? Firstly, I want to go to Acts chapter 19 and read something to you. To build your faith. Because if you grew up in the church, and you've never heard this preached before, then you must understand this. Because what I'm saying is the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make you a better Christian. It doesn't put you on some pedestal, all it does is give you the power to do what Jesus did. If you don't want that power, if you're okay just having the Holy Spirit living in you, being a phenomenal wife, being a phenomenal husband, being a phenomenal mother or father, that is okay. That is okay. If God has called you to that, that is great. That is okay. But, if you want to be used with power, the same way that the apostles were, the same way that Jesus was. This is what you must understand that even Christians in the Bible, even Christians in the Bible, when they had given their life to Jesus, hadn't received power. So Paul would have to give them the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 started in verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. So Ephesus was the greatest revival that we know of in the Bible. There he found some disciples. He didn't find some sinners, he found some disciples. If he found disciples, they had already given their life to Jesus. They were disciples of Apollos. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. So this is a clear, evident, exactly what we're seeing in the church today. People are water baptized, but they never receive the power. They are water baptized, sealed for salvation, but they're not endued with power to lead other people to Christ. That's why we see churches all over America and all over this world drying out. They're losing numbers, or it's just a repeat process of the same families being born and bred into the church, and the church survives off of the same 15 families that have 18 kids, and they wear those long skirts down to their ankles and their head coverings. That is not what God intended. God intended for power. He intended his son to live through you. You were paid with a price, a living sacrifice. Your life is not your own any longer. Jesus is meant to live through you. Verse 3. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. First baptism, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, write that down, the Holy Spirit came on them, or upon them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesying. They were about 12 men in all. Every single Christian is allowed to receive that. Acts chapter 2, Peter said, uh, toward the end here, verse 37, after Peter had explained that what happened on Pentecost, was not all the people in the upper room being drunk, but they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul sa- or Peter says in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you. Write this down. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a gift. He is a gift for the believer. Number two, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. So your children and all of their children, the generations to come, it didn't finish off with the apostles. It didn't finish off when the church was constructed. It is an ongoing thing. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. If you've been brought to repentance, that means God has called you. If God has called you to him, then you are allowed to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now that we've got that covered, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? Mark 16, and we'll close with this. If you remember, in John chapter 14, what did Jesus say? If you love me, You will keep my commandments. So, what was the last commandment that Jesus gave before he rose and went to sit at the right hand of the Father? We know it as the Great Commission. This was the final commandment of Jesus. And listen to what he said. So, if we love him, we are called to keep this commandment. Starting in verse 14 afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining a table and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. You know, what makes me laugh is every day you will listen to Christians say, Oh, don't tell somebody they don't have enough faith. Don't tell somebody they're not believing hard enough. Don't tell somebody they're wrong. Jesus rebuked the people that followed him more than anybody else. And every time he rebuked him, he said, you of little faith, how much longer must I suffer with this generation? You full of unbelief. What's the first thing? Jesus rises from the dead. And when he comes back from the dead, he doesn't walk in with a party hat on, popping a bottle of bubbly champagne saying, guys, I'm back. The first thing he does is rebuke the apostles because of their unbelief. When someone is living in unbelief, do not be scared to set them straight and say, look, that's not right. That's what Jesus did. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go to Luke chapter 4 with me. Luke chapter 4. You want to know what does it mean that I am to preach the gospel to all of creation? What does he mean? I'll tell you what the gospel is. This is what you're supposed to preach to all creation. Jesus said the gospel is this. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what we are to preach, that Jesus Christ died, that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And when you preach Christ like Philip did in Acts chapter 8, when you preach Christ to the sinner, Great joy comes to the city, because the healed or the sick are healed, the, 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 those that are captives are set free, the oppressed are set free, the blind see, the deaf hear, and you proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are in the year of the Lord's favor. God is not here to destroy the world. He sent His Son to save the world, not destroy it. Verse 16, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. I want you to write that down. These signs will accompany those who believe. I believe. Do you believe? If you believe, these signs will follow you. In my name, they will cast out demons. Write that down. Cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Write that down. Speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. You can write that down, but I don't recommend it. And if they drink any deadly poison, also I don't recommend it, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. Beam me up, Scotty. He was gone. And sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by those same signs that he just spoke of if you want to be used by God that is what it looks like live holy consecrate yourself to the Lord fast pray Grow in relationship with him. Receive the spirit of adoption. Receive the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And learn how to flow in the Holy Spirit. When you do, you will cast out devils. You will speak in new tongues. You will pick up serpents and they will not harm you. You will drink deadly poison and it will not kill you. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. You will see the captives set free. God will use you honorably. If that's you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and today you want to make that decision, Maybe you have given your life to Jesus, but watching this video right now, you've realized, I've strayed off. I'm not living the way that I'm supposed to live. If that's you today, I want you to know you are never too far off to come back to God. If you're seeing this video right now, if you're hearing my voice right now, this prayer is for you. You can pray with me. God will come and dwell in your heart. He will wash you clean. He will forgive you. And He will empower you to change this world like you were created to do. If that is you today, I want you to just simply close your eyes. You can put your hands up like this and you can pray with me. The Bible says in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He died for you, rose again, and He's the Lord of your life, you will be forgiven. Because with the heart one believes, and with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. When you believe and you're justified, and you confess and you're saved, you can die and go to heaven. And when God says, why should I let you in? You can say, remember, right now at 327, on a Wednesday, in February, I think it's February 10th, or whatever you're watching this, you can say, I prayed that prayer with Talon and your word said I would be saved. You can hold God to his word. He doesn't lie. Close your eyes, bow your head, and pray this with me. Say, God, I believe in my heart that your word is true, that Jesus is your son, and that he died for me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean, show me your mercy, and fill me with your spirit. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I surrender it all to him. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me a new creation, this very moment. I turn away from my old life, And I am a new creation by faith in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. All of heaven is throwing a party for you right now. Paul is up there smacking the tambourine around, someone's blowing a shofar, they're probably throwing confetti everywhere, they got a cake already waiting for you for when you get to heaven. They are so happy for you and God's blessing will be upon you. Stay plugged into these videos, keep watching us, I'm so excited to show you the ways of God. God will use you. Make sure you get a Bible. If you can't get your hands on a physical Bible, make sure that you download the Uversion Bible app on the Google App Store or the iPhone. You can get it on any App Store. It will be useful for you. Start reading in the book of John and stay plugged into these messages. Find a local church, find a local Christian, find somebody to baptize you in water, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God will empower you. Remember, the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you now. He will be your teacher, He will be your helper, He will be your guide. Trust Him. Listen to Him. We catch the fish, He cleans the fish. Let it happen. Jesus loves you, I love you, and I can't wait to see you on the next episode of 15 Minutes of Faith for Faith Fridays. God bless you. Have a great day.